So I begged them to give me a job. Uh, I, I was relentless. And so finally they brought me in, sat me down, the, the you know, the head, head attorney sat me down and showed me all these old black and white crime scene gory photos. And he said, can you handle that? Yeah. And he goes, okay, we'll give you a job. So that was my first intro into the legal field. And it was exciting. I saw a lot of things no one should ever probably see in their life. Uh, a lot of crime scene photos, autopsy photos, a lot of gruesome things. So I got to really see, you know, a different side that I hadn't been exposed to in, in the legal field and in terms of taking classes. If I had an idea, something I wanted to explore or commit myself to in terms of an area of study, I would go beg someone to give me a job in it. So I could get ground level experience, but at the same time, I could, I could set my sights on the job that someone had that had already gone through school and they'd been working on their career, that job that I was working towards, I wanted a PUD job that allowed me to get my foot in the door and watch them. In a corporate world where all employees have great leaders with no egos that create fun cultures where people can do their best work, the employees and companies thrive while doing great things for the customers, themselves, and each other. Well, we know that rarely happens. I'm Jeff Palaccio. I have been a leader for over 40 years for every t-shirt size company from small 16 employees to extra large over 1 million. Please join me while I interview outstanding leaders that will share stories of great leadership and not so great. It will help you become a better leader while poking fun at all the crazy shit that happens in corporate America. Hi, I'm Joe Deshawn, and welcome to The Corporate Couch with Jeff Palaccio. Today, Jeff is interviewing Terry Jordan. Terry is the founder and CEO of Wise Webs, a collection of business growth strategists specializing in marketing and technology solutions, as well as the president and partner of High Performance Marketing Boot Camps, helping senior executives conquer major sales and marketing pain points through hands-on, highly participative, action-oriented sessions. In her career, Terry has started a dozen companies, starting as an entrepreneur at age 16 with her own photography business. You can learn more about Terry at wisewebs.com, and you spell that W-I-Z-E-W-E-B-Z, and at highperformancemarketingbootcamps.com. Let's listen as Jeff talks to Terry. Good morning, uh, Terry. Welcome to the Corporate Couch. Good morning. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Yeah, no, I'm very excited to talk to you. You know, look at your career and it's just fascinating kind of the different, uh, I'll say the twists and turns and uh, the different things. And obviously you've, you know, founded many different companies. So yeah, this is uh, very exciting. So uh, I'm excited to dig into it, but let's start with a fun question. So um, all right, let's even, get into it. Yeah, let's go. It's, it's Friday here in Kansas City, beautiful fall day. Uh, even people that know you fairly well, Terry, what one thing uh, would surprise them about you? You know, you, you kind of alluded to it a little bit, but kind of the twists and turns that I've taken. I guess I kind of pride myself on being kind of an even-keeled, mild-mannered person. I mean, my business partner may say otherwise, but... Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been through a thing or two, and um, I think that that's helped me in my career. I, I don't, I do, as I've gotten older, I don't, I don't have to show that. I don't have to wear that on my sleeve. I don't have as much to prove as I did when I was younger. And so I, I think um, when people look at where you are in your career, especially if you've had any kind of a taste of leveling out or any kind of success, they just assume that you woke up one day and that's what it was like. Uh, it, it has not been easy for me uh, at all. And, um, and so it's, it's been a, you know, putting one foot in front of the other kind of a career path as, as I, as I'm sure we'll probably get a little bit into, but, yeah. but yeah, I think it's, it's, it hasn't been an easy road for me to get where, I, where I've been. And, and I think I've probably got a lot of twists and turns in my career that I think a lot of people probably don't know. And so I think you kind of wear that as a little bit of a badge of honor yeah. internally, you know, it kind of keeps you going when times get tough, you think, gosh, 
I can get through anything if I can get through that thing I went through right. and you kind of use that to, to lean on. So I'd say, I think people, people look at me and I, I have that goody two shoes exterior. I'm not always goody two shoes, um, but I've learned to kind of use it to my advantage. And, um, you know, I, I think that's probably, I think people, people kind of judge you and they look at you and they think one thing. And yeah. I think there's just, there might be a little bit more than people realize once they get to know me probably. Yeah, no, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I, I, I think one of the things what I like love about the podcast and meeting great leaders uh, and and talking to great leaders like yourself is you're absolutely right. You know, there you look at different people and there's this this shining example of success, but they don't know you know all the shit they went through, you know, in right. their younger life or you know early in their career or you know whatever. Um, so yeah, I think that's, yeah, that, that's part of everyone's journey. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, this is the corporate couch and not that it's a therapy session, but I always like people's, you know, how they grew up and what did they love doing as a child, as a kid? What, what was kind of your love? Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a doctor and I wanted to go to Duke. That's what I wanted to do. And I wanted to study virology. So I was fascinated, um, you know, when I was, when I was younger, the, the Ryan White story was really big, the AIDS epidemic, uh, you, you know, all of that was going on. And I remember watching that, that, you know, the movie that was based on his life. And I just remember feeling awful for him and thinking, you know, I, maybe I could do something to help, you know, when I get older, you know, for, for people that are suffering. And I, I always liked, you know, math and science. And so you know, I always thought that that was my career path was that I was going to going to be a doctor and I wanted to help people mainly because I, I wanted I wanted the career or uh, maybe the time that I used, uh, you know, dedicating my time to, to a career, you know, kind of committing myself. I really wanted to make sure that I focused myself in an area where I could make a difference. That was really important to me. I didn't quite know how and I figured it would be in that area. Um, but, you know, as you get a little older, uh, you know, you, things kind of change. You know, we moved around a little bit. We lived in North Carolina, where Duke is. And so I, I always just assumed that was going to be my path. And uh, we moved around a little bit, wound up in Kansas City, which which I'm grateful for. And, um, you know, things just change. Uh, I, I still felt like I needed to do something. I wanted to make some kind of an impact. And, uh, you know, I one of my biggest fears in life as I was, you know, graduating high school and thinking about college was that I was so afraid that I was going to commit myself to a particular field and then I'd be stuck. I, I was definitely afraid of being bored in my career. And I think part of that was, you know, I, you know, I paid attention throughout my dad's career and my mom's a teacher and uh, my dad was uh, a businessman. He was a, uh, you know, branch manager, you know, for some different organizations, uh, head of sales for some different organizations. So my business acumen began at the dinner table. And so I paid attention and listened. And so a lot of those dots very early on got connected for me. And so um, I never would have in a million years thought that I would go into business or even become an entrepreneur. But I think I think that foundation was laid at a very early age, uh, even though I didn't become an entrepreneur. I mean, yeah, I started my first company when I was 16. OK, I was a photographer and I took pictures and got paid for it. But Terry Jordan <laughs> photography. It's that's, that's right. That's Love right. It. That's right. But I didn't see that that is like the path that I was going to go down. That was it was a, you know something I did and I didn't really see it as a, a career path. But you know, then, you know, as my, as my, you know, time in high school ended and I'm going into college, I decided to go to uh, Johnson County Community College and start taking some just general courses to get those out of the way, because I really had no idea what I wanted to do. Uh, even though I had a, you know, a desire, you know, in, in the medical industry, I started taking things like criminology, I started taking, um, you know, all the science I could possibly take. And, I always had a fascination with why people did the things that they do. Um, it, you know, like that, which was in the criminology class really sparked that. And so then I started thinking about law, you know, there's a justice and a right and wrong. And I was drawn to that. And um, so I, I wanted to work in the prosecutor's office. So I, I called them up and I said, Hey, 
want to know if you have any openings. I'm looking for some experience. And they said, we don't have any openings, but you need to go work for this criminal defense attorney. And I said, no, 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 it's not the side I want to be on. I want to be on this side. And they said, trust me, go get a job over there because you're going to learn a ton. Learn the other side. If you want to be over here, you got to learn the other side too. So I begged them <laughs> to give me a job. I, I, I was relentless. And so finally they brought me in, sat me down, this, the, you know, the head, head attorney sat me down and showed me all these old black and white crime scene gory photos. And he said, can you handle that? Yeah. And he goes, okay, you've been real persistent. We'll give you a job. So that was uh, my first intro into the legal field. And it was exciting. I saw a lot of things no one should ever probably see in their life. Uh, a lot of crime scene photos, autopsy photos, you know, witnessing or, you know, through, uh, through the discovery, uh, you know, just a lot of, a lot of gruesome things. So I got to really see, you know, a different side that I had been exposed to in, in the legal field and in terms of taking classes. And so, um, you know, one thing that really helped me was if I had an idea, something I wanted to explore or commit myself to in terms of an area of study, I would go beg someone to give me a job in it. So I could get ground level experience, but at the same time I could put, I could set my sights on the job that someone had, you know, that had already gone through school and they, they'd been working on their career. That job that I was working towards, I wanted a PUD job that allowed me to get my foot in the door and watch them because I wanted to know if it was, if it was gonna be worth my time and effort to commit myself in that direction. Again, because I'm, I'm deathly afraid of limiting my life by picking an area of focus and ruling all these others out because you know to become an expert at that age, I felt I was gonna have to turn my back on all these other things and focus in this one direction. And that was a big commitment, which I was willing to do and happily do it, but I, I wanna make sure I was making the right one. And so that worked really well. You know, I got to see, I worked there for a couple of years, I got to um, help a couple different attorneys prepare for uh, their, their trials. So I prepared trial notebooks. I had a tremendous amount of responsibility uh, that they placed on me, um, which I, I very much appreciated. And so I got a lot of experience in the criminal world, uh, decided that that wasn't the path I wanted to go, but I had experience in the legal field. So then I set out and got another legal job uh, in intellectual property, vastly different Intellectual property is so different from criminal right. law. Uh, so I did um, foreign and, and domestic patent research, um, tried to figure out for a specific client that was filing a lot of different patents and wanted to corner the market in a particular area. And so I did a lot of research to figure out where there might be opportunities for them to make mechanical refinements in what it was they, they did and then file patents again to continue to corner the market. And so I gained a lot of, you know, um, uh, you know, I gained a lot of knowledge there in another different uh, area of law, did that for a few years, and then I left and went to labor law. And by then I said, okay, I know for sure, I definitely don't want to go to law school. I don't want to be in the legal field. Now what? And so, but I kept working my way up at this point. I'm a paralegal and I'm good at it. Uh, I, I found out I'm really good at making other people successful. I am a good little secretary, <laughs> but I wanted more for my life. I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to be more in control of myself. And I, and I realized by looking at my peers, I was self-motivated. Nobody had to stand over me and tell me to do my job. I found fulfillment in doing a job. I'm not motivated by money, but I am motivated by doing a good job. And I learned that about myself, about myself. And so, um, you know, whenever I was done with, with the legal field, you know, I left that and uh, I had a, a friend that had a retail store. And so I, I helped him for a little while, kind of in the interim, you know, doing inventory and things like that, trying to figure out what is it do I want to do? And so um, around that time, I decided, okay, uh, you know, I originally wanted to go into the medical field. And so I decided to, um, I decided to go back to school and study molecular biology. Uh, I was taking genetics and things like that at KU. I hated the labs, but I loved the lectures. And uh, I really enjoyed that. And so I thought, you know, I'm not quite sure where this path's going to take me, but I'm studying what interests me. And that was something that I learned was 
you know, even in some of the other jobs that I, I didn't even mention, if I had an interest in it, I would, I would go get a job in it um, because I had to make money. Might as well do something that I enjoy. And so, um, so here I am at, at KU Edwards campus. I'm also taking some classes again at Johnson County Community College. So here I am a non-traditional student. And I, and I did go to Washburn and I took classes when I was in the legal field and, you know, again, kind of decided that wasn't the path I wanted to take. But so here I am at uh, KU Edwards campus taking classes. I love it. Um, I'm thinking I'll probably want to do cancer research. And as luck would have it, I ended up getting borderline ovarian cancer myself. And so I had to drop out of those classes. Um, and uh, I'm kind of laid up for about 30 days trying to find out whether or not I'm going to have to have chemo after I have surgery. And, um, you know, I just thought, you know, I'm not quite sure what I want to do with my life. And about, um, I would say maybe a month or two before I uh, ended up finding out that I, you know, I, that I was sick, I hopped on a plane to Reno. My dad was living out there and um, I had just found out that I had all of these food sensitivities and how I found out was in my study groups. This is kind of strange, but in my study groups, all of my peers are getting A's, maybe a B. And here I am getting C's, D's, and, and I, like I'm not retaining the information. They're going, what's wrong with you? And I went, I don't know. They're like, you know this stuff. And I said, I don't know, but I can't remember anything. And it's really starting to freak me out. So I, I knew something in my body was wrong. I just didn't quite know what. And so as I'm going through all this testing, a friend of mine just said, hey, you know, you, you need to get tested for food allergies and food sensitivities. And I'm like, it's not food. You know, it, it, it kind of was, but it kind of wasn't. I did have those other issues that I had to deal with, but it did come back that I was sensitive, highly sensitive to soy, eggs, dairy, and gluten. And so here I am going, what, what do I eat? And I get the test results, hop on a plane, fly to Reno to visit my dad, like the, the same day. And I tell him about it. He said, what can you eat? And I said, I have no idea, but I'll figure it out when I get home. He goes, no, no, no. Let's go to the grocery store. Let's see if we can figure out what's going on, you know, see if we can find something for you to eat. So we walk that grocery store for three hours and we're reading labels and we find like two things, a package of crackers, which are very expensive and the worst tasting crackers we've ever had in our entire life. And I can't remember some, something else, but it was all very expensive and tasted bad. Now this is before gluten-free was even a buzzword. And so um, it was pretty cliche, but we said, you know, there's, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. And so um, I started thinking, you know, uh, th there's got to be something out there where I can say, I want a cereal and I can't have soy. Now tell me what I can go get. Because what was out in the market currently uh, was there was an app. You could scan barcodes and it would say this item contains X, Y and Z. Well, that doesn't help me if I want to go directly to the product that will work for me. It, I needed the inverse needed to be invented, basically. And so I thought, well, you know, why don't I start working on that? Because even if I can't market it, it's something that I could use. And so here I am, laid up for 30 days, trying to figure out if I'm gonna have to have chemo, at a crossroads where I love the molecular biology, I love, you know, the the genetics that I'm learning those classes, but I realized I don't want to spend the rest of my life in the lab. And I, and I'm kind of having a, you know, a kind of a issue with my conscience here because I want to do something good to help people. I want to have purpose in my life. And so here I am thinking, well, maybe this is it. And so I decided uh, that I was going to set out to do this. Here I am at this crossroads. I've kind of exited the legal career. I'm trying to figure out where, what direction I want to go. And so I said to myself, this, I'm going to do this. I just, I made the decision. There were no two ways about it. I thought about it for quite a while and I said, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. So I started figuring out, you know, what's out there, what can be done. And I thought, you know, there needs to be an app that can be on someone's phone, kind of the inverse of, of what was out there. And I thought, okay, I'm going to create a database. I'll have a website where you know, it will list out different foods that people can eat by allergen. And I'll reach out to manufacturers, I'll get top tier advertising for them. That's how I'll make money. So in a nutshell, that's kind of what I figured out. And so the problem was I uh, didn't know how to code and I didn't have a hundred grand to pay someone to do all of this. So again, being at this crossroads, I decide, okay, I'm just gonna learn how to code. 
just going to figure it out. And I'm going to learn how to code to the point that I can build it to where I've got an MVP. And then hopefully I will make some money and I can hire someone that knows more than I do. But because I will be educated, I can sit across from them. I can ask them questions and I'll know if they know what they claim to know. I didn't want to be BSed. You know, I, I, I had already had an experience like that earlier uh, with a with a project that I was working on. So I was like, OK, you, I only have to go through that lesson one time. So I set out to, to learn how to code. And that's what I did. And I really enjoyed it. Um, I made some mistakes. I decided that I needed to build a website that would essentially launch rockets as opposed to an e-commerce website. So I try to counsel my clients on that now. You don't have to build out 20 rooms beyond where you are, maybe three. And so I built a Magento website for a small uh, e-commerce website, basically, um, which if, if you're in the the, the e-commerce world, uh, Magento for e-commerce is like, that's like a sophisticated as we get I and mean, right. we, yeah. we don't even we don't even really build Magento websites yeah. anymore but yeah. yeah so um so anyway so I set out to, to do that and here I am working on it um as uh as, as luck would have it I actually uh learned how to code in the process of starting this company savings is starting to run out so I was taking a couple classes at Johnson County Community College and I went to one of my professors and I said hey I think I'm ready for client work do you know of anybody that that needs a website built? He said, yeah, actually I do. So he connected me with what would be my first client. And so um, you know, she needed an e-commerce website. She's an artist. And so I met with her and, you know, talked through with her and she already had a site and she needed some adjustments. So, you know, we sat down and chatted about it. And I realized I really liked that. I liked helping her understand what her options are, pros and cons to both. And then helping her, you know, make that decision and then executing on it. I really, I really enjoyed that process. And so what I found was as I'm working on this passion project, I've developed a skill and I accidentally, I guess, kind of created this other company, which is called WiseWebs that I now run today. And um, I filtered, you know, all of my uh, web development projects through that. And one of my clients told me about the eScholars program at UMKC. And she said, hey, I think this program might actually help you grow your web development company. And I thought about it for a second and I thought, well, that's great, but I don't really need help with that. I, I want to kind of get this other project going and get it off my plate so I can focus over here. Or I want to see if there's something here. Because when I'm older, I don't want to have any regrets. I got to get this taken care of so that I don't have that issue when I'm older. I don't want to, gee, I wonder what it might have been. You know, I, I kind of left out that also as money was dwindling, I, in this process, I ended up getting a, a sales career. So I also I also did that too. Um, I worked for a, a company that uh, basically qualified patients to wear oxygen at night. And so what I did was I traveled around. Uh, I, I actually answered an ad on Craigslist and I wanted a PUD job to make money. I didn't want to have anything in my head. I just wanted to check in, check out, and then get back to coding at night. And, um, you know, uh, as luck would have it, I really hit it off with my boss and she said, Hey, you, you ever thought about a sales career? My dad was always trying to get me into to sales. And so I thought, well, I'm going to need that as I'm building this company. Uh, not that what necessarily web development company, because I hadn't really done a whole lot of that yet, but with the other company, I'm going to, I'm going to need that. And it was scary. I didn't want to do it. I had the preconceived notions that young people do about sales and salespeople. I didn't want to be that. I want to do that, but I needed to eat my vegetables. So I said, sure even though I was scared about it. And so, uh, you know, here I am. I'm the only salesperson for the company. Um, I have knowledge of the Eastern part of the country because I used to live live over there. So that was naturally kind of where a lot of, you know, our, our potential accounts were and some of our current accounts, accounts. So I had free reign. Didn't really have a whole lot of marketing support. Um, I basically did cold calling, got people to do, get on a demo, and then if I needed to, I'd hop out there when I went to state association shows. So I was either cold calling and getting on uh, demos in the office, or when I traveled, uh, I was a road warrior. So I'd go in for a state association show. I'd go in a day or two early. I'd leave a day or two late, and I'd stack the deck. I'd say, hey, I'm headed out to you know, Raleigh. I'm going to be in your area. I'd love to just come by and chat with you for a minute. Let me just show you about this, this thing we've got. 
And so I just stack the deck with appointments all day long to the point that, you know, you hear, you hear some of the road warrior salespeople say, you know, I wake up in a hotel room and I can't remember what city I'm in. I've done that. Right. Uh, Cause it was just, you know, I, I, that's just, that's just how I'm wired. And so um, I got a lot of really good experience. Um, that was when I learned that it's very difficult to make a behavioral sale. So for my, for my clients, my customers, it didn't cost them a thing to use our software. We got paid through the insurance company, but we just needed them to use our software to run our tests and process our tests. So it didn't cost them a thing, but, it, but they had to change how they were doing what they were doing already. And so that was a really, really big learning experience for me that I've been able to carry on for the rest of my career is, you know, the biggest competitor sometimes is just inertia. It's not necessarily, you know, company X down the street. It's I'm in the groove of doing what I'm already doing. And you want me to do something different. You need to understand me and my day and what I've got to get through. And you need to prove it to me that I'm going to reap more benefits by doing uh, or using your product or service than continuing to do what I'm doing right now. Cause that costs me something. And so that was, that was really an important lesson for me to learn. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so that, that was, that was really great for great experience, but then, uh, you know, I ended up leaving that job and kind of really putting uh, more emphasis on, you know, growing this. Uh, first of all, I started wise Web right after that you know, for some websites on the side. And then, you know, going back to when one of my customers or clients said, hey, there's this e-scholars program. And so this e-scholars program, I thought, okay, fast, no, maybe there's something with this. I, I just, I, I can't let it go. I got to, I got to see it through. And you got to think at this point, I've kind of been beat down a little bit. I've gone through, you know, the sickness, the fear, getting through that, walking through that. Um, I'm learning to code. You know, you can you can conjure up in your mind all the generic stereotypes, or excuse me, all the stereotypes you want about coders. I did. I I worked in the dark, round the clock. Uh, just <laughs> sat Dew. there, Mountain, Mountain Dew. Dew Cheetos. Yeah, <laughs> that was me. And so I'm a little bit of a recluse. I've been beat down. I'm, I'm working around the clock. You know, and I remember. Uh, I filled out the application. I really wanted them to pick me. I really wanted to get picked. And, and they selected me for this program. And the very first day, it was a Saturday morning. I'm at UMKC. I sit in the back. And, uh, you know, people are starting to fill in. And they're starting to do introductions. And I remember looking around and thinking, wow, I found my people. And it's like I went from this you know, kind of internal, kind of going through this rough spot in my life to feeling and feeling like nobody understood. You know, here I'm trying to start this business. It's hard. It's difficult. I'm willing to do whatever it takes, but it's just nobody really gets that, you know. Then I go to sitting in a room full of people that are doing the same thing. And it's like those guys over there are, are starting a brewery and I don't care about that. And this person over here is starting this, you know, doing this product over here. And I don't really care about that. But what I do care about is the fact that they are all so committed to what is so personally, you know, uh, important to them and what's driving them. And I, and I was just like, wow, you know, I, I found my people. It was so great. And, uh, you know, I took that opportunity and I ran with it. And um, I was able to you know, launch the company. It was called Greatbox, G-R-8-B-O-X. Uh, you know, foods free, the top eight allergens. And um, I remember thinking, okay, I've got to kind of res resurrect this idea a little bit. Originally, it's going to be a website uh, that had top tier advertising for manufacturers, get products in front of people. And as luck would have it, this is around the subscription box boom. And I'm thinking to myself, how do I get lots of product in front of people? Because access is difficult. That's kind of a challenge. And how do I get a lot of awareness how do I cross all of those things? And I remember thinking to myself, oh man, I created another subscription box. That's really what I did. And so I ended up launching it, had some success. Um, I, I will say marginal success, but I got it off the ground and that was a huge accomplishment for me. And so here I am running WiseWebs and I'm getting clients there. That's actually surprisingly going well for the amount of time I was spending on it. 
And I've got this subscription box company. I've got packaging, I've got manufacturer relationships, and I'm trying to run both of them at the same time. And so I eventually had to, you know, feed one or lose them both. And so I decided that was really where my passion was um, because I really like sitting down with clients and helping them understand, uh, first of all, that there was someone in technology that they could trust that wasn't going to take advantage of the fact that maybe they didn't have limited uh, technology experience would help them understand the landscape of possibilities that was right for them in their business. And then I could help them understand the implications of, of each of those decisions. We make a decision together and then we'd implement it. And then the, the overarching goal is really just to help them grow their business. And so I really, really, really enjoyed that. But on the, the Great Box project, I learned some things that really helped me along the way. You know, for anyone that's starting a business, there's there's that period of I got to do all these things and then I get overwhelmed. And what do I do? And what's the prioritization? How do I do that? And one of the things that really helped me was I kind of just did that brain dump. I took all the things that were in my head and I made a, a vertical list, one item on each line. And I did that until I couldn't think of anything else I needed to get out. So now that fear of forgetting something or, you know, not doing something is, is off because it's on paper. And then I started going through that list and I started thinking through each of them. And I thought, wow, this thing is naturally prioritizing itself. Because one of the things on my list was I needed to reach out to different manufacturers and develop relationships and get them to give me free product. I needed those marketing samples in my box and then allow me to do that for me to essentially to have a product. And so I, as I'm doing my 360 degree thinking around that scenario, I'm envisioning them responding to me and how am I being perceived? And I'm thinking, what's the first thing they're going to do when I call if I can get their attention? Well, they're probably going to Google me or try to look up a website to see if I'm legit. Here I am calling and asking for something. So that meant that the website needed to move up on the list before I reached out to manufacturers to show that I was legit. And I just did that with the entire list with everything. And it naturally prioritized everything for me. Uh, Terry, there's so many things I want to talk about. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, you, it, one, uh, Yeah, we'll get to everything. But uh, so talk about... Um, what, what do you think drove the fear early on uh, that you didn't want to make a wrong decision on choosing a career path? What, what do you think drove that? It's a, I mean, you know, I, I'm older now, so I, I, I think I understand myself a little bit better. I, I think there's a little bit of perfectionism in me. I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. So I wanted, I want to do it right. I want to get it right. But, you know, going back to that dinner table talk, I think my dad was was always bored in his career. He needed a challenge. And he's a very logical, very sequential person. You know, he he thinks, you know, there's there's the obvious stuff first, you know, take care of that stuff. And then then there's the next stuff and then the next stuff. I mean, he was a you know, he's a great businessman. I think seeing him get bored with his career, that probably, you know, subconsciously kind of seeped in in, you know, for me. But I also knew that I just wanted to make a difference and I, and I didn't want to go in the wrong direction. That was so important to me. But, but I think kind of the, the other thing I was striving for, I was striving for security. I was striving for security for myself. And that doesn't necessarily mean financial. I wanted to be secure in who I am. I wanted to be secure in the direction. I wanted to be secure in the impact I was making. Yeah, that that was the driving force for me. You remind me a little bit of Bill Belichick. So, you know, obviously uh, the great uh, Patriots coach. But because Bill Pel Belichick started his career, he was a second or third string tight end in college, not a major college. But he he wanted to be a coach and he did anything. He When he originally started, and I can't remember where he started, it was some college somewhere. He, you know, he was like washing the uniforms, getting towel, like he started on the bottom rung and he would do anything to learn. And you, when you talk about, you know, kind of your legal career and how you, you know, kind of just wanted to learn and your initiative, you just wanted to, and you know, that's really having the long game in mind, which, at, you know, at, uh, you know, in your, you know, early twenties, that's, 
you know, you, you know, supposedly your brain doesn't uh, fully develop till you're 25. Uh, probably for males, it's longer than that. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, like you really understood that. Hey, I want to learn this, and I'm willing to start here, which is incredible. I mean, what? I mean, because, I mean, where'd you get that mentality? Uh, if I'm really honest with you, I mean, I, I, I mean, I obviously I did want to look at that, that other position, you know, it was an educational fact finding kind of mission, you know, but at the same time, the risk factor there was very low, you know, I could get into an area that I desired that I thought was important to me, you know, cause I'm trying to go on this discovery and I could ask for the bottom of the barrel of jobs and I'm not above anything. I'll do anything to get that experience. And so the risk that I was taking in terms of, can I do this? Can, can I get this? It was pretty low. I was kind of going for that sure bet. You know, the other thing is, you know, as you get older, you also start to learn what your superpowers are. And my superpower is I'm a big observer. I can be in a room and I can know what's going on around the corner. <laughs> I mean, I, I know, I, I just, I use my senses and I absorb. And so that was a way that I could learn a lot. Was that hands-on? I felt like, you know, there's people, oh, I'm gonna go get a job doing that and I'll get the experience or I'm gonna take a class on that and I'll learn the experience. I felt like I, I soaked up every ounce of possibility of learning in, in each of those little jobs. And it's interesting now, you know, as an entrepreneur that, you know, it wasn't just, oh, you know, I got a little bit of experience doing that in the legal field and I got a little experience doing that. I had no idea how I, I, how I would go to set myself up to be an entrepreneur by getting all the different, you know, tastes of, of different areas of, of skills that, that I would need. And, and even if it was just to go on to be set up to hire the right people, or to know the right questions to ask, or to figure out, can I do this? Do I wanna do this? Or do I wanna hire this out? Um, so I had an, enough experience uh, in a lot of different areas that you know that really helped me out. Yeah, the other thing too is, you know, again, your, your career journey is phenomenal, but then you get, you know, you, you know self, you know, proclaimed recluse, you, you know, mm. put me in the dark room, I'll code, <laughs> yeah. those, sure. do all good. Um, uh, uh, Red Bull probably wasn't invented, or maybe it was, I don't know. Um, anyhow, um, then you're in sales. So what was yeah. your kind of, obviously you're, uh, you know, you have a learner mentality, which is phenomenal, but what, you know, who were your sales mentors, whether they be people you knew uh, or, you know, just yeah. read about, or, you know, how did you embrace learning about, hey, how do I sell things to people? Yeah, well, you know, I leaned on my dad a lot, you know, um, I, you know, I, I chatted with him about it. Um, and that, that's something he and I have in common. We can, we can sit and talk about business for hours. You know, he, you know, he gave me some advice along the way. I mean, I, I did ask my boss a lot of questions, although I didn't really get any formal training. It was pick up the phone as many times as you possibly can in an hour and keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. Um, I knew that I wanted to be kind to the business and her business. So when I flew to a particular area, I was going to make every single, you know, I was going to take every single opportunity I had like by stacking the deck, beating myself to death, trying to basically make use of every dollar that was being spent on that business trip. Um, you know, I, so it was just, that was just kind of my, my nature uh, to just, first of all, be empathetic to others. That, I think that's also my nature. And, that, and that's a lot of, I mean, not to say that my dad's not empathetic, but that's a lot of my mom too. I, I, I'm a pretty good blend, of, I think probably both of my parents, but my mom's very empathetic. My mom's a teacher. She's very kind, uh, very giving. And so I think, again, observing and watching and watching that, you know, you always want to be kind to people. And I think as I started getting into sales, it's as I'm observing, I'm learning real time. And you know, one experience educates me for the next experience and the next experience. And I keep getting better and better and better, you know. Um, but I remember my very first sales call, I was driving to Omaha, rented a car, getting ready to drive to Omaha. 
I am scared out of my mind. And I'm thinking as I'm getting close, it's a, it's a hospital system that I was going to. And uh, I talked to the guy on the phone. We, we did the demo. He was looking forward to for me coming out. We set an appointment. Uh, but I'm still thinking, they're going to kick me out. Everybody hates salespeople. They're going to kick me out. And I'm just really kind of stressing myself out as I'm getting there. And I'm sitting in the car and I'm just kind of thinking through this situation. And again, that 360 degree thinking around the situation. And I'm thinking, you know, he gave me the address. He wants me to show up. Uh, and so I thought, okay, and, and, and I want to keep my job. So I'm going to get up. I'm going to get out of the car. I'm going to go have this meeting. I walk through the front door and I'm polite. I'm kind. I go into the boardroom and, you know, in my mind, in my memory, it's so much different than I'm sure reality. Cause in my mind, it was a very dark boardroom. There was one hanging light that was just swinging just a little. And, and there was a big ticking clock. Those were the things that I remember. And, um, you know, I thought, I don't even know what to ask this guy, or I don't even know what to say. And when I thought, I don't know what to say, then I heard this internal voice. And my dad always calls it this internal indicator, it tells you what's right and wrong. But um, I heard this little voice say, if you don't know what to say, then maybe you ought to listen. And that I heard that like as clear as could be. And so then I started asking him, I said, well, tell me, tell me about how's business. And I just started getting him talking. And then naturally, now that I've understood a little bit more about his business, then I was able to help him understand how what I had to offer could complement what he's doing, solve a few problems, and make his life a little bit easier. Because we did have some cutting edge technology at the time that our competitors didn't. And I was able to help him understand how a partnership with, with me and my company could benefit. And one of the best pieces of information from a sales perspective that my dad ever gave me was don't ever sell. Don't ever sell. You just tell them about it. And that helped me be more okay. Oh, okay. Well, I don't have to be that salesy person that no one likes. I can be empathetic. I can understand my prospect and the customer. I can understand what their needs are. And then I can help them understand how a partnership with me could be beneficial to them. And it's okay if it's not. If it's not, better to know now and not engage and not have a partnership and let them go on and partner with someone that can help them maybe better than I can. And I have no qualms with that. Um, and I don't want to put myself through that. Easy come, easy go. Right. I'm interested in sustaining long-term relationships where I get to play to my strengths and I'm able to help grow their business. Yeah. no, You can't sell to 100% of the people you talk to right it's just not possible and you want the you want the customers and clients that are best for you right that you that are the best fit you yeah so um terry you seem like a very disciplined person do you uh, do you have any routines daily routines that you go through i will tell you that that's actually something i'm working on right now um i've, I've had some transitions in my life right now moving you know again being sick for several weeks I'm trying to reestablish my daily routine. So I'm trying to, to get a little bit more balance. For me, I think I've, I think for years I fought it. I didn't want to be someone who had that rigid routine. Um, I saw that as kind of, you know, I just don't want to be that person. Well, I know my life goes a lot better when I've got routine, I've got discipline, I've got structure. One thing I used to do before I moved was I would wake up in the morning, I drink 20 ounces of water just to kind of flush my system. And I'd do that standing right at the kitchen counter, 20 ounces of water. And then I'd go for a 30 to 45 minute walk. And then on my way back, I'd get a cup of coffee and then start my day once I got back home. And that was a really good routine for me. Simple, but it was something that I did for me. And part of the reason why I started doing that, and you know, I also try to work out, you know, eat right, things like that. But um, part of the reason why I, I did that and I referenced that is Right before that time period of where I put that specific routine in place, I had worked around the clock. I had gotten mono as an adult, which I don't recommend for anybody. I've never been the same because I had it in high school. No symptoms. In 2017, I got it. 
and it was pretty rough. Um, I get tired easier, that, that kind of thing. So I'm just now starting to feel like more like my old self. But it was from, I think one week, I got three and a half hours of sleep, an entire week. I was launching a new company. I was trying to run the other one. I didn't want to you know, lose momentum. I got people I don't want to let down. And I learned a huge lesson. You can't, you can't humanly do that. You should, and you shouldn't do that to yourself. But I got a lot of old school business mentality in my head. And I have to be careful about that because it's, you make whatever sacrifices you got to make to get the job done. There's no excuses. You do it. You walk through it. You get it done. And I've had to evolve. You know, that is not who we are as a society anymore. And I don't have to kill myself to make things happen. It's more important to me to have balance in my life and take care of myself and grow my business. That doesn't mean I let things suffer. I can't do that. But that means that the challenge is put upon me to get that balance. And I got to figure out how to do that. And some days are going to be better than others, but you have a bad day, you have a better day the next day. So it's, that balance is really important to me. I'm, and I'm glad you, you brought that up, but I, I'm working on it. Yeah. Yeah. We're all uh, works in progress for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Wise Webs, you, you started in 2015. Uh, tell the audience how it's evolved, right? So you started doing web development and where mm -hmm. are you today? And what do you, you know, how's the focus changed? Yeah, so it, it has evolved and it has changed quite a bit. So like like you said, started out as a web development company and we chatted about that a little earlier. I will say one thing that has not changed is I think the business mentality has always been the same. I don't care if I ever build another website. I don't care if I ever take on another strategy project. If I can't sit down with my client and help them understand the landscape might be a little bit wider than they probably thought and sit down and help them understand the implications of each going down each of those paths, uh, empower them to make the decision that's right for them, support them, walk through that with them and help them grow their business. That is what gets me up every out of bed every day. That's what I enjoy. That's my passion. I love, I love that. Um, how the business has evolved is went from, pretty much straight up technology, even though the goal is always to help the business grow through websites, maybe a little, little bit of creative. Now it's evolved to uh, on the technology side where you know we build custom technology for restaurants. We've, we have a, a product called Curbside Manager. I love a name that tells you what it is. It helps you manage your curbside orders. Uh, really internally in the restaurant it will communicate with the guests and let them know where you know where things are in terms of the order process but it uh, helps the internal staff manage those orders a little bit better uh, and kind of keep those orders flowing and um, that came out of a, a really great relationship that I've had with the clients over the years and they made me feel really good called me up and said we've got this problem what do you think we ought to do and I said well I don't have any business give me any suggestions until I come out and observe did that and then together we came up with an idea and built it and so now we've got this this new product so that's that's on the technology side we do a ton of strategy it doesn't even have to have anything to do with technology sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't but in terms of strategy we typically go through the marketing door you know is a company positioned correctly to set themselves up for success to, to resonate with their best customers you know so a lot of a lot of different strategies. I mean, it's to the point that I would say probably 75% of what we do, it, it fluctuates. Uh, maybe, maybe 65% of what we do is just straight up strategy. We've been very fortunate that we've, we've actually had some international companies that have hired us multiple times. Me taking on that first web development project to where we are now, it's been a huge journey. It's been a really long journey. And we still have a long way to go, but I'm so grateful. I find it a huge, huge, huge honor when someone invites me into their business, I don't take that lightly. And um, I now have a, a business partner, started partnering with my business partner. And um, I think we kind of made it official in 2017, but we, we met in 2016. And um, I started hiring him to, to partner up with me on some jobs and he would hire me to partner up on some jobs. 
And so now if we're just talking about you know, strategy assignments, it, it's so it's so interesting that his mind works so differently than mine. But when we're uh, in what we call a whiteboard strategy session, which is what we do for prospects, uh, potential clients, uh, where we're just getting to know, you know, what their what their business is like and and what the issue is. What and it's usually some kind of for some reason growth's kind of stalled out. So we have a kind of a discovery meeting where we whiteboard everything, and they can get all that stuff that's in their head out on the whiteboard. And we can learn about them, maybe not about us. But um, the really cool part is, you know, I'd say within about 30 minutes, I know what the answer is. And my business partner knows what the answer is. We, both, we just know. But the difference is how he sees the path to get there is going to be very different than how I see the path to get there. And so then we come together and we get the right path for the client. And that's the really cool part is just his brain, it works differently. His experience is different than mine. You know, I think very much in uh, patterns. I, I like operations. I generally like one, two, and then three to come next. I'm that kind of a person. And, you know, he just thinks, thinks through things just a little bit differently than I do. And he's got a lot of experience that I don't have. That was one thing that I would have never thought that I would have a business partner but I also recognized in him the wealth of experience and knowledge that he has. And if I set out to go get that experience, through, I, I need two lifetimes to do that. So getting access to that experience through a partnership made sense. And so that's, that's also really helped me grow and, and kind of pivot the company just a little bit. But the one thing that we both had in common, like going back to you know, the, the tools we use, we don't really care about what it is we do as long as we're helping our clients grow. And, and that, that has never wavered. Terry, there's two groups of people I love to help with uh, advice from great leaders like yourself. The first group is a recent college graduate as they're going out in the world trying to get that first professional job. What advice would you have for them to start their career search, get their first job? I would say, first of all, don't be afraid to make a mistake. You know, you should be so lucky to have winds, pivots and turns and, and a windy road in your career. Because that's what, first of all, that's what makes it interesting. And uh, I had the mentality of, uh, kind of that old school mentality of you're, you're going to get a corporate job and you're going to stay there the rest of your life. I was on, when I entered the, the working world, it was just on the tail end of that. And so um, I would say, don't be afraid to try new things. And to not feel as though if you take this job, you're going to be there for the rest of your life. You know, understand what you might be able to glean from that job and embrace it. So I, I, I think that's the thing. Usually whenever I, I speak to college classes, you know, that's that's the one thing I want them to know is that I didn't know what I wanted to do. And that was okay. And I was scared that I was going to be bored. And that's okay. Uh, but try to choose something that interests you and and just know that observe and learn and you just keep doing that. Don't stop doing that. Yeah, the second group is... You know, you get a job out of college and you're an individual contributor, you know, I'll say probably close to 99% of the time. But then you get that first leadership role where, you know, officially, formally, you're a manager and you have people you're responsible for now. So for those type people, uh, what advice do you have for them as they start their leadership journey? I'd say it's probably two things. Um, and I'm sure you probably hear this a lot, Jeff, but communication is huge. Don't make assumptions. It's okay to over-communicate. Even in my partnership, I, I feel like I made some assumptions that probably weren't communicated. And so I think that communication is really important. But then I also think consistency is really important too. When you're managing people, they need to know what they can expect from you and you need to be consistent. It's okay to make changes. That's okay. But across the board, you, you need to create a, a consistent, stable environment for them. And as because as they are learning, they got to have something that's foundational for them. And creating a consistent environment with you know uh, the appropriate level of communication, I think that's really important. Yeah, no, great advice. 
Terry, you've been so great to talk to. I, I really, you know, you're probably, I've interviewed uh, easily over 50 uh, leaders and I just, I love your career journey. I love how you navigated it. I love how you, uh, you know, just embraced, you know, starting on the bottom rung to learn and just to get in and your, you know, long game mentality. So thank you so much for being on the corporate couch today. Well, thank you, Jeff. I, I mean, some big deal for me to be included in, in this company. So thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, no, you're very uh, well-spoken and uh, have a great uh, Friday. You too. Thanks, Jeff. God, I love talking to Terry. I mean, geez, all the stuff she had to overcome and what I, I mean, there's so many different things I could talk about with her and uh, just the obstacles and, um, but what I loved about her, she's like the Bill Belichick of, uh, CEOs, uh, you know, Belichick started his coaching career. He was a average kind of probably division three tight end slash center from some, you know, unrecognizable college in Connecticut goes to work. So his first job is for the Baltimore Colts and he gets the job for $25 a week under t with uh, working for Ted Marchabroda, who's the head coach of the Colts at that time. And it's $25 a week. And he's basically the equipment manager. He's <laughs> like, he's not doing any coaching. And that was Terry's philosophy. Like I'm going to start at the lowest rung of a company, whether that's a, you know, a legal assistant or, you know, working at, um, you know, I forget, you know, some of the, you know, the, the, you know, the tech space, uh, sales, you know, like she, she I, I'm going to learn from the bottom up. So I understand kind of the whole, you know, uh, for the, from the learning, she had the long game in mind. So I just thought that was phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What did you take out of it, Joe? I, I, almost the same thing. The, the funny thing was that, that, that was her philosophy on wondering whether or not she even wanted to get a job in a particular industry. She worked in so many different industries and um, and she had this fear. Is that what it was? A, a yeah, kind of yeah. yeah. What she, was it? Earlier in her career, she had a fear of picking the wrong career. Like that's, she was yeah, like that's what it was. I'm going to say deathly afraid, but I mean, there was, I mean, she mentioned it several times during the course of the, the conversation, but yeah, yeah. she was like, I'm afraid. So I'm going to start low and to see what it's like. Just to see if I want to even work there. Right. And so I'm going to start out in the mailroom. I'm going to start out in the cafeteria. I'm going to start out as a, a marketing assistant or an intern or what, whatever, whatever it is in an industry that you know nothing about. Right. And I think one of the things that that is uh, significant for are people that are just coming out of college with a new degree. You know, you're always talking about people like that and wondering how are they going to get a job. Uh, the first thing that they ought to do then is to get a <laughs> is to get a job. But don't get the job that you want. Get a job that gets you into the industry that you want to be in, because young graduates your first job will not be the job that you want. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? It might, but you'll be a, a, a big outlier. <laughs> yeah, right. Just but let's let's just assume that it won't be <laughs> the first exactly. job. The first job that you get will not be the first job or will not be the ultimate job that you want or the ultimate job that you end up with. Exactly. Um, but get in that industry or get in that company. So if you think that you want to work in the XYZ industry or the ABC company or a corporation or something like that, get a job there, wash dishes, sweep the floors, clean the toilets, do whatever it takes in that industry to make the connections, to learn about that industry, to figure out whether or not that's a good fit for you. And, and eventually your, your time will come. And guess what? It may not ultimately be in that industry and it may not ultimately be in that, that company. You know, uh, obviously I'm not in the industry that I started out in and I'm not in an, in, matter of fact, I'm not even in an industry that even existed hardly 
right. um, when I started, right? There, there was there was no such thing as the data analytics that I do for a living or did for a living. That 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 didn't even exist when I right. did my first job search. Yeah. Um, so uh, so come into it with that kind of expectation. Don't come into it thinking that somebody is going to take a 22-year-old college graduate fresh out of school and give him a six-figure income and make him a senior executive um, in, in an industry that he has absolutely no experience in. That just is not going to happen. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and we didn't even talk about, I mean, Terry started her first business at 16, Terry Jordan Photography, and just numerous, you know, all to solve problems and all to learn. It was just a fascinating uh, conversation. Terry is yeah. just so great. Uh, any leadership advice uh, you have for our great listeners today, Joe? We are going to go to uh, that great philosopher, Calvin, one more time, who was talking to his pet stuffed tiger, Hobbes. And one time he said, you know, school wouldn't be so bad if you didn't have to go every day. And if you didn't have to learn anything and you took away all the teachers and took away all the other kids, and it was completely different school would be great nobody asked me how things ought to be i've got tons of ideas thank you so much for listening to this episode of the corporate couch if you enjoy the podcast i would love for you to take two minutes out of your day to rate us five stars and write a review please join me next week to learn from another great leader sharing their professional journey and insights